from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. The iPhone came out 16 years ago. First <laughs> generation iPhone. 16 years. 16 years ago today. Four things we do now since we have iPhones that we didn't used to do. Let's go get our four of a kind. Chris, right. I'm going to let you um, start things off here. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll start off. Here, here's one that is uh, very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you use this on your iPhone, but every once in a while when I'm bored, I use this on my iPhone. I used to want to make beats. And really? I made beats on my iPhone. Really? Yes. Okay. You can go to GarageBand right now, and you can make beats. And I've made beats on my iPhone. And before you needed other equipment and stuff like that or, or you know, uh, some software to put on your computer or whatever, Fruity Loops, whatever you're going to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've made beats on my iPhone. That is one thing that I've done that I couldn't do before. And I- okay. Uh, well, that my first one actually kind of ties in with that customizing a ringtone. Never used to do that. Customize a ringtone. That was – you never got to do that. You might have to pay – for example, pay for a ringtone back in the day with flip phones and things along those lines. But customize a ringtone. Something I didn't used to have before an iPhone. But the second thing you used to do, I mean, it's just surf the web, right? Just scrolling through, just searching different yeah. stuff. You know, whether it is like perusing YouTube, just surfing the web. That's something I never used to do, really. I used to sometimes go into a little bit of a rabbit hole on YouTube back in college and stuff. But... Those are the early, early days of YouTube before things became what they are now uh, in terms of just how much content is actually out there and also the original content that people, people are putting out there. But, yeah, just surfing the web. Never used to really do that a whole lot. Well, I'll, I'll go with my second one, which is close to yours, and I'll say uh, social media, right? Because before the iPhone, I did have a trio, right? It had the trio with the, it was like had the stylus and use the stylus to go through. Yeah. And then I had um, BlackBerry for a while. And so, yeah, on BlackBerry, you could have the Twitter app. And then there was like the early version of Facebook. But social media didn't start getting really good until the iPhone came out because you could do yeah. a lot more with it, with it being touchscreen. And it made you kind of go through uh, profiles, you know, expand pictures, things like that. Like social media really blew up if you really think about it because of the iPhone. And then we started having um, social, uh, certain social media platforms that were only on the iPhone. Yeah. Like Instagram. Yep. Instagram, I couldn't get Instagram because I had uh, a BlackBerry. Mm-hmm. When I switched to iPhone, that's when I could get Instagram. And then eventually went to Android and all that. But uh, that's one of the inter- interesting ones that has uh, kind of gotten better since the iPhone. Uh, another thing is watching actual television yeah on your phone um right now if i'm somewhere uh, if i'm at a game you know a, a hurricanes game or whatever if i'm out with my family or whatever and there's another game that i have to monitor because of work and i need to figure out something instead of just watching the score well i have the youtube tv app i have mm-hmm. a subscription let me just open it up and see what's happening in that Carolina game, in that Duke game, in that NC State game. And that's something that you weren't able to do before, actually watching television on your phone. Think for me as well, this kind of ties in, we think about it with Instagram, but photo editing. 
You know, like you uh, just on your phone with yeah. so many apps and stuff. Now you can edit photos and alter photos and things along those lines just right there on the on your phone. Whether it's just switching out filter things along those lines. Um, my final thing, thing I do now that I have an iPhone that I didn't used to do before an iPhone, work. Work never <laughs> leaves you anymore. I always have work on me. Really I can record a 30-second commercial spot on my phone and send it in. I've done yeah. freelance work for the Associated Press using my iPhone, getting sound bites. I literally can edit sound clips and send them in for national radio broadcasts just with my iPhone. Never yeah. leaves you. And my uh, my last one kind of goes a little bit hand-in-hand with that. Um, back when I bought my first house, buying my second house, or you know any other projects that I have to do, you can sign documents yeah. on your phone Gosh. right now. You, sign you can scan in documents uh, from your phone. You could sign those documents, or if you have DocuSign, yeah. like the, it's interesting because things that my parents had to do in person, they could just send it to your email now, and like, okay, you gotta you know sign this you know thing as, as you're. Uh, on your way to buy your house and you could do all these DocuSign things and you could just kind of sit there, boom, 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 send it. It's it's done. It's amazing how fast that happens. It's wild to think about, wild to think about. And these kids that are getting drafted down the NHL, it's all they've ever known. It's all they've ever known. That's Chris Lee. I wonder Lee. if they're going to DocuSign their NHL contracts. Yo, that's a, <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. Just, yeah, text it to me. I'll just, yeah. That's wild. <laughs> Could you imagine? Text me, Don. Yeah. Just is your signature just texting the word meat back? Is that what your signature <laughs> is? You just text meat. That's funny. That's how you sign your lease. I chose William Peace because of the personalized education it offers, which allows students to truly know their professors. It's really possible to make genuine connections with your professors and learn intentionally here and dive deep into what you're passionate about. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. While you're at home, I see, by the way, it it took you about uh, a a week plus to finally get a a 5 o'clock shadow. (laughs) Yeah, five days for a five o'clock shadow usually. But yeah, when I'm not uh, at WRL, I just typically just let this thing grow out a little bit more. And yeah, this is roughing it for me, man. For the people who who's watching right now on WRL Sports Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm just Big waiting for you. To, I'm just for waiting for you to tomorrow just to be in a bathrobe doing tomorrow's show. Just waiting for it. If I own the bathrobe, I, I don't actually own a bathrobe. Neither do I. Neither do I. So, but I might, I might just have to go see if I can get one now, just to do it. Do it. Why not? I, I say, go all in with it. Or a banana costume. Graham has ideas. Graham's <laughs> got an idea. All right, let's get to hit it and quit it. I want you to hit it. 
Before we get into summer college basketball, Chris, we talked uh, just a little bit ago with Ryan Foos from MLB Raleigh discussing the potential to have Major League Baseball here in the Triangle area at some point. And he was bringing up the numbers of population growth and projected growth in this area and how it's exceeding a lot of current Major League Baseball markets, saying that there is a fan base here to, to support it, Chris. Yeah, and, and you know, on their uh, Twitter account this morning, they put out some of those stats in 15 years. Uh, Raleigh is projected to be bigger than the Kansas City market, the Cincinnati market, the yeah. Pittsburgh market, the Cleveland market, and the Milwaukee uh, market. And, uh, and that would be with 2.6, almost 2.7 million people. Uh, the next closest one is Kansas City, who's projected to have uh, a little bit under 2.5 million people. So it's going to be interesting to, uh, to see how it all kind of shakes out. Uh, me and you also brought up some of um, what would be some challenges for that, specifically uh, with the corporate bucks be here for it uh, to support it. Also, what is our infrastructure going to look like to help support another stadium? We already have a hard time getting in and out of uh, Carter Finley Stadium and PNC Arena, you know, for where yeah. they are. Where will the baseball stadium go in this area? But uh, so many different things to kind of consider. I think it is possible, and I would hope that baseball does come to North Carolina, if not Raleigh, at least Charlotte. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. I hit it so good. Chris, take this one. Summer college basketball? Yeah, so here's the thing that, uh, that's, that could possibly happen. NCAA tables a vote for summer basketball competition. Now, 47% of men's basketball coaches and 59% of women's basketball coaches who were polled on it did not support the proposal at all, and more than 60% of collegiate administrators did not support it. But 70% of men's basketball players and 63% of women's basketball players uh, who were polled, uh, they strongly support the potential measure. Now, here's what it'll possibly be. Basically, uh, the NCAA would have uh, a potential, uh, you know, cer- I guess certain summer sites where things could happen. Mm-hmm. You have maybe three, uh, maybe four games per team just over the summertime, and it wouldn't count towards anything. Basically, big exhibitions. I like this mainly because we've seen the popularity of the NBA Summer League grow a lot over the last few years because. Now that there are these different prospects that you see, you want to see what they look like in real NBA competition. It yeah. was people actually tuned into Summer League when Zion Williamson was snatching the ball from folks and playing <laughs> bully ball in Las Vegas. People are going to tune in to see Victor Wimbanyama in a couple of weeks for Summer League when he gets to Las Vegas. Uh, it was a big deal when Paulo Mancaro played last year for that. And I think that'll be huge. Uh, for college basketball, because I think it's also another area for revenue, right? Yeah. Put those on television. Mm-hmm. I'll go. I'll even go back to Zion Williamson when he came to Duke that year. I don't know if people remember, but Duke went on like this international tour in Canada, and so you had R.J. Barrett, which that was a huge deal for Canada, and Zion Williamson playing in these games that were uh, I think happening in like August or something like that. Yeah. They put those on ESPN Plus. And all of a sudden, like people are, are tuning into ESPN Plus for exhibition basketball that doesn't count towards anything. Um, with how big some of these prospects are starting to get in high school, and also how big summer league basketball is becoming, and because there is a there's a open area during the summer, there's, there's a lot that a lot of space that needs to be filled filled uh, on television. I think this could be successful, Dennis. How about this? Hmm. 
you have a round robin of NC State, North Carolina, Duke, Wake Forest every August at the Greensboro Coliseum for a three-day event, and you have those exhibitions there broadcasted on the ACC network. Tell me that won't sell out. I know a lot of people will be interested in that. That's for sure. Uh, I'm not going to deny that. I look at it from two two perspectives. One, from the fan standpoint, yeah, these kind of exhibition matchups will be pretty cool, you know, in terms of this might be a chance for, even if you did it in the sense of kind of like controlled scrimmages or something like that, you know, kind of like you see in like in spring games for football, yeah. something like that. I'm, okay, yeah. I'm interested in that. And you can bring in, you know, top basketball programs from around the country to a neutral site. It doesn't have to be a full-on 40-minute game. But look at it from the coach perspective. No, nah, man, I want to enjoy my summer. <laughs> Coaching season <laughs> is a grind. And here's the thing. During the summertime, you're out on the road recruiting a lot, too. So you have the question of, all right, when do these take place? When do guys actually come on campus? The travel, all that kind of stuff that comes into it. That's just more added to what coaches are already dealing with already at the collegiate level. Trust me, it's hard enough being a head coach at the, co- at the college level let alone a major D1 head coach. I was never a major D1 head coach, but it was hard enough just for me. And I can only imagine what just an added other thing on top of what they're already going through. Again, summer recruiting. Okay, are you getting all your guys actually in school, enrolled, all that kind of stuff? There's a lot that goes into these kinds of things. They Yes, yes they do the international tours. A lot of schools do at the beginning of yeah. the school year or just before school starts when everyone's actually on campus. So we do see those kinds of things happening, but – to have an extra thing in July while I'm on the road trying to go recruit guys, I don't know. That just kind of sounds like a lot. And I can see why a lot of coaches are against doing it. I, I think for – I see what you're saying on that, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I think for for that, this could be something – first off, this is an exhibition game, so it's not a lot of pressure on this game, right? You're more so seeing where where's your team at. That could even be a situation where it's August – a lot of teams have their guys move in by June. Like, guys have already started at NC State, Duke, and North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Uh, the people who are going to be there. And so maybe you even have somebody like uh, an assistant coach. He's going to be the, the head coach for these uh, particular exhibition games. This is, just, this is just a situation to see where you're at. A little extra entertainment for fans. Uh, maybe we put it in August or something during a little vacuum during that time before week zero. Uh, for college football, yeah, put it out there and uh, just kind of see what happens. And I think those it's gonna end up being fun for everybody else. And also, again, bring in a little bit more money because, of course, these schools need a little bit more money too. Yeah, there's the TV revenue aspect that comes with it as well. I, I'm I'm intrigued by the I'm I'm intrigued by it. I will say that. Um, but yeah, the first thing that popped in my head from a coach's perspective was like, nah. <laughs> Because there's because there are times in the year where they're recruiting dead periods, and you know what? That's my chance to relax. And coaches (laughs) don't get a chance to really do that too too often. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. I really don't think it makes a damn bit of difference. It might. I don't know. Jay Lucas promoted to associate head coach at Duke basketball. Chris, something that John Shire announced today. Yeah, John Shire announced that earlier uh, today, probably about thirty minutes before me and you kind of came on air here. Uh, I think that is uh, a very good choice, but also an interesting choice, right? Because last year when Jay Lucas was hired, he was the first outside hire that didn't uh, play or or formally coach at Duke before, I think since uh, the mid-90s. I can't remember the exact year it was, uh, but 
um, he, he's an outside hire, came in from Kentucky. And one of the things you could see, like, his, his fingerprints on Duke early on. Duke had the number one uh, defense in the ACC. I think yep. they were top 20 in the nation. Jay Lucas is Duke's uh, defensive coordinator. And, and John Shire actually spoke about some of that earlier today in a video that they posted on social media, Duke's social media uh, site. Jay's been an amazing addition to our staff this past year. He's great on the court. Uh, he's run our entire defense as our defensive coordinator. And he's somebody that comes with many different perspectives with the experiences he's had before Duke. But now he also understands what it takes to win at the highest level and operate at a place like Duke University. So very proud of him. Uh, very excited to name him associate head coach. And I know he's going to take this and run with it because he's an absolutely terrific young coach and he's going to continue to grow in this game. Very cool to see that take place. Very cool to see that uh, he's getting rewarded for his hard work. And also, the players seem to love him. Uh, you yeah. pay attention pay attention to uh, those uh, huddles when there are timeouts, if you're in games, uh, at games live. Pay attention to who some of the players go to, who they ask advice from, and how they interact with those players, their coaches. Those players love Jay Lucas, and it's good to see that he's getting rewarded for that. Let's quit that. Let's hit this. Why not? All right, Dennis, some guys getting high over the summertime, right? Travis Kelsey was talking about this. He said he thinks that 50 to 80% of players in the NFL use cannabis. And he said it's easy to pass a drug test because uh -huh. if you stop in the middle of July, you're fine. A lot of guys stop a week before. They can still pass because everybody's working out in the heat and the sweat. They're sweating their tail off. Nobody's really getting hit for that anymore. Um, very interesting with that. And I, I just kind of want to circle in the new NBA CBA. We'll talk about that in a, in a bit. Mm -hmm. But a part of that new CBA is the NBA is not going to test for marijuana anymore. They're, that is not going to be something that is considered a banned drug for uh, the National Basketball Association. Should the NFL stop testing for uh, marijuana themselves they'll they'll start testing as a uh, training camp starts here in just a bit for some of these teams so yeah for those who don't know the rule when it comes to substance abuse this is different than the performance enhancing drug policy in the in, in the nfl is that you get tested at the beginning of training camp so i know pat mcafee has talked about this multiple times a lot of players have been is that you can find out real quick how smart somebody is if they pass or fail the drug test um because <laughs> the only thing you got to do is like travis kelsey said Take a couple weeks, of, like just stop using it for a couple of weeks, pass the test at the beginning of training camp, then you're good to go. You're not tested for it again until next training camp in terms of recreational yeah. drugs and those in substance abuse policy. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that that per, you estimated that 50 to 80% of guys use cannabis in some way, shape, or form uh, in the NFL. That doesn't surprise me one bit because the only thing I do is just, again, stop for a couple weeks in July, pass the test, and you're good to go. Whereas the it's different than the performance enhancing drug policy, which you can get randomly tested on at different points during the during the uh, during the actual season and off season as well. There are two different things that you get tested for regarding that, but it, that doesn't, doesn't surprise me at all. You can work around that system uh, when it comes to the NFL, as long as you're smart. You know, like you know, you got it coming up. Just know when to stop. Well, here's here's something that um, I would like to kind of bring up when it comes to this, especially when it comes down to. There's a lot of states where it's legal, right, yeah. already. And so if you're being tested on something that's legal, 
that's that's interesting to me as well so the thought of potentially stop stop testing for it is out there but then also outside of that uh right now in the state of north carolina mm-hmm. even though marijuana technically is illegal to use you can still go to your local i guess uh dispensary mm-hmm. that has cbd products and buy something with delta eight in it it has thc in it and use it buy it out of that store over the counter walk out get high right now that is available right now dennis in the state of north carolina yeah so does that show up i don't know this personally but does this show up on drug tests because you can get it over the counter yeah and so i think those are some factors that maybe the nfl and other places kind of have to start taking into account as far as what's legal uh what what are we exactly testing for what's going to show up because there's all kinds of things that players can use as an excuse uh if they were to be popped and uh get a positive test it wouldn't shock me if eventually that's taken away in terms of something that's being tested for it wouldn't surprise me at all all right let's quit that let's hit this (laughs) so former wake forest quarterback sam hartman's up at notre dame now via the transfer portal playing his last year of eligibility for the fighting irish all of a sudden now we're hearing conversations of wait notre dame national championship college football playoff contender chris you know what i mean listen (laughs) sam hartman is really using all the eligibility he could possibly squeeze out of the ncaa i mean he's already had 45 career starts imagine bringing in a new quarterback with 45 career starts. That's amazing if you're going to the NFL. Um, if you're already in college football and you're bringing in 45, and and that includes time where he was injured and still was, uh, you know, starting after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could have been probably a little bit more. Probably could have been over 50 starts. Um, I, I think Sam Hartman does bring a, a good, um, a lot of, a lot of maturity and a lot of experience for Notre Dame. Uh, they had a, a decent year last year. Kind of started off rough, but they ended up eight and four. And so the next level for them is to try to make the CFP. And uh, maybe Sam Hartman could be that guy. He's played in some big time games before. This will probably be a system that could show what he can really do with an NFL system versus what he was doing at uh, Wake Forest. So uh, I'm a believer in Sam Hartman. I had a chance to to cover him for a while uh, when I was in Winston Salem. So. Yeah, I think they can get far with Sam Hartman. So I'm curious to see how Sam Hartman adjusts to the offense up there at at Notre Dame because we saw at Wake Forest he had that long play action mesh point zone read RPO thing where like the ball would be in the belly of the running back for like 10 seconds it felt like before pulling the ball out and then throwing a pass that way. How does he adjust to a different offense? That's what I think I'm curious about. Uh, Time will certainly tell on that. He's got the physical tools in order to be great, but again, adjusting to any sort of new offense, new environment, always takes some time. Uh, We'll see what he does. He's going to play a lot of ACC schools this upcoming season, including some down here in the triangle, including at NC State coming up. Uh, Speaking of the transfer portal, which is how Sam Hartman got to got to Notre Dame so let's quit that let's hit this He's a machine. speaking of the portal the NCAA council is actually recommending a shorter transfer window when it comes to in terms of football guys entering the transfer portal so the way things are right now at the NCAA and the transfer portal is this from the day of your conference championship game for your conference you have 45 days to enter the transfer portal mm-hmm. 45 days And then after spring practices wrap up, there's another short 15-day window. So a total of 60 days where a football player can enter into the transfer portal. 
NCAA Council is looking to cut that down in half. So mm. as opposed to the 45-day period in you know December into January, cutting that down to just 15 days and then still having the 15 days in the spring. I'm okay with shortening up the transfer window in the in the fall, Chris, but not by 30 days. If you want to reduce it down to a 30-day window as opposed to a 45-day window, I'm okay with that. But cutting it down to just a 15-day window, that's kind of hard for, to, for players to figure out if they want to get into the portal or not. Yeah, I think I agree uh, more with – I do agree with cutting it down, so I'm with you. I, I think I agree more with uh, having the window longer after your conference uh, championship game. And then, you know, I, I, it was very – it was very weird to see a lot all the players that entered the uh, the transfer portal uh, after spring games, especially when they just got to certain schools, and then like you're back into the uh, portal after transferring to the school. Cam that Kelly. was weird to me. Um, so that one maybe you know you could do away with or shorten that one a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But I do think that you that players need a little bit of time after their conference championship games to talk to their families, talk to their coaches, see where they stand, and then try to make a decision on entering the portal after that. Uh, spring games, if you're already there, you should get a feel for if you're going to be a fit there or not. Um, so, you know, get a get a quicker window there. I don't think you need 15 days for that. Yeah, I probably don't need 15. Yeah, probably 10 days is, or so is good. I like the idea of shortening it up some because I'm sure a lot of coaches out there are as you know, December goes into January, then all of a sudden you have guys that are going into the transfer portal and you're trying to bring potential recruits in for the spring semester. You're like, wait, I didn't offer this guy because you were on the team. Now you're going into the transfer portal. You want to leave. That leaves me high and dry. So I could, I could see how shortening the window up might be beneficial to coaches and players in that regard. I don't want to drastically reduce the window, but I think shortening it on both ends might be a good thing overall for both sides. I'm 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 actually okay with it. and I'm trust me I'm 100% on players being able to go to different schools, 100% okay with that. Facts. But I'm I, but I'm okay with also them shortening the window, just a little bit. All right, let's yes. quit that. Let's hit this. You have got to be kidding me. Russell Wilson stunk this past season for the Denver Broncos, Chris. <laughs> I mean, let's call it what it was. He was bad, bad, bad. Well, one of his wide receivers uh, thinks like, hey, Russell Wilson can bounce back, right? Yeah, uh, Jerry Judy says that Rust is a soldier. That's one of the things he was talking about with oh. Russell Wilson. Wilson. Um, it's just it's very interesting to see how things kind of were handled last year. Some people were kind of speculating that maybe Russell Wilson wasn't in his best shape last season. Apparently, he lost a little bit of weight, um, and he's come. He's at this point of the year, he's lighter than what he was last year. At this point of the year, okay. Uh, but Jerry Judy says he loves the way that Russell Wilson hand, handles his business. And how he's able to just kind of overcome things and then along with sean payton i mean let's just keep it real how many times have you seen a, a, a quarterback under sean payton stink you really don't see that and so with sean payton being there for the denver broncos uh jerry judy and a lot of others feels like uh you're gonna see a bounce back year from uh russell wilson uh, i am in that boat as well i think you're definitely gonna see something a little bit better than what you saw last year yeah, the Denver Broncos were just awful last year. And unfortunately, because Russell Wilson was there and they had a new head coach in Nathaniel Hackett, we had to unfortunately watch them on national television way too many times last season. Unfortunately. Yes. Uh, so anyway, maybe maybe Russell Wilson will have a bounce back season this upcoming year. All right, final thing real quick. You're going to hit it and quit it. Damn! Uh, real quick, 
Charlotte Hornets extend qualifying offers to both Miles Bridges, Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington. Other teams can attempt to sign them, but they are restricted free agents, so the Hornets can match those contracts. The Miles Bridges one is the most intriguing one to me of the two, Chris. Yes. Because I, I just don't know what his future is in the NBA, not just with the Hornets, but the NBA as a whole. Well, the thing is, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's the most intriguing because uh, any team has the most to lose or to gain with him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles Bridges between PJ, him and him and PJ Washington. Miles Bridges is the better player. He's the p- player that has uh, the all-star capabilities. He has yeah. the, the the ability to be that second best player on a championship team. Um, maybe even growing to to the best player on a championship team. Who knows? Because. Um, the way that he's been playing since he's been in the NBA, it's not something that you really saw coming from him out of Michigan State when he was in college. And so uh, he's he's legit a high flyer. He's uh, getting better as as a shot uh, maker. And then also uh, he's just the guy that you have to account for on defense. He's uh, bringing up, uh, bringing the ball up the court, mm-hmm. grabbing rebounds and things like that. Great running mate for a Lamelo Ball. So it'll be very interesting to see what goes on going forward. Um, I, I think that the, the Hornets extend the qualifying offer to both because you're probably going to lose one. P.J. Washington is probably going to get a higher bid from somewhere else. Who's going to want to bite on Miles Bridges? Maybe not a lot of people. So maybe the, the Hornets get a chance to keep him. You built that core with him, LaMelo Ball, and now you also have Brandon Miller to see what that looks like for the future uh, for your team. So be a very interesting outlook for him and he'll have to serve a 10 game suspension no matter where he's at uh to start this upcoming nba season did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands it's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location such as a locking box or locking cabinet when it's time to dispose of them safety and properly dispose of old expired or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community don't miss out on medication take back events happening near you don't let anyone take what's yours lock your meds be aware don't share learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc more great news for carry commuters with the new go carry app you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access making your daily commute a breeze plus with the go carry app you can easily connect to gocarry.org for even more resources and information best of all the go carry app is absolutely free to download on the apple and google play stores go carry where getting there is just a tap away all right chris lee the nhl draft since you since we went off air yesterday just after six o'clock it started and it ended before we got back on air today is the most efficient (laughs) draft in all of professional sports at least amongst the four major sports the most efficient one it is it's fantastic i absolutely love it in the sense that hey it's done it's great teams are already trying to get back to uh to their home bases, back to their organizations, their cities from Nashville where the draft was held. Something I found actually interesting, someone pointed out today, is I'm sure a lot of people have been seeing on the news, I'm sure if you've been watching WRAL, there's been a lot of flight cancellations and delays this whole week across the country. And it might actually impact teams that are trying to fly back to their cities if there are cancellations and delays in flights because NHL free agency starts on Saturday. So you want to get back to your home base, your home operations, back to the office, 
because free agency is about to get underway and you got to have ideas in terms of contract offers that you want to have for guys, potential trade options. You probably been talking with other general managers during the draft about this, but if you get stuck in flight delays, that really can cut into your time getting ready for free agency, Chris. I would hope that most of those uh, organizations are taking their owner's uh, private chartered jet well, yeah. to and from Nashville, so that won't be an issue for them. It's a lot of private jets. It's a lot of private jets, but, private you know, jets. hey, it, there's there's a lot of private flying that happens that people don't know about. <laughs> well, there's yes, there is. So I, I would hope that, that that's what they're using, especially for situations like this, where they need to be back at their home base as quick as possible to get these deals done. Now, we did not see the flurry of trades over the last couple of days that a lot of people expected, especially in the first round. And I think a lot of that I actually might have to do with the fact that free agency does start on Saturday in the sense that. A team might be sitting there looking at a, for example, a goal scorer like a Nick Felino or a veteran guy like a Ryan O'Reilly and say, okay, that's a guy that we want to help our team or someone that fits that mold that can help our team right now. We could pay for him in free agency and not have to give up an asset in order to do so. Whereas, okay, if those deals fall through, then in terms of free agency, then we can start making our pitches for trades for guys. That might be something we see, and that's the reason why uh, that's happening is because of how the, the proximity between the start of free agency and the draft. If free agency didn't start till next week, next Saturday, we might have seen more trades happen over the last couple of days. But with free agency so imminent, you know what? Let's just wait till free agency before we start making some of these deals. Yeah, uh, that's definitely not something that me and you, you know, of course, expected. We were expecting a lot more. Even Mike, Mike Maniscalco from yesterday, we played that sound. Mm-hmm. You know, he was expecting it to be a wild day on, as far as the trades are concerned. But, um, you know, we haven't heard the last from the Canes or any other team <laughs> because of how close free agency is. So we'll definitely uh, hear a lot that's been happening. But uh, as far as the actual draft, Canes are getting some high marks from a few different people in different places. Uh, a lot of folks are kind of saying that this team is um, doing a very good job in, in drafting. Um, you have Byron ba- uh, Bader on Twitter uh, who works for, what's the name, Hockey pro- Prospecting. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's giving the Canes some high marks for how they've uh, been drafting as well. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how everything kind of shakes out in the next few days for the, for the Canes in general. I'm hoping that, uh, obviously, on Saturday we hear about the eight-year contract extension for Sebastian Ajo. I'm hoping we hear about that on Saturday as yeah. well. Also, figuring out what the goaltending situation is going to be. Because I was yeah. anticipating, I think a lot of people were, that a guy like a Connor Hallibuck, the goalie for the Winnipeg Jets, who's been a multiple-time Vesna Trophy finalist, has won a Vesna. A lot of people think, because he's in the final year of his contract, that he's going to get traded. You also have other guys like Josh Gibson from out in Anaheim with the Ducks that he might get dealt. Uh, a lot of people were anticipating this before the before the free agency period gets underway. Maybe a team d- doesn't trade for Connor Hallibuck. Maybe they go after Freddie Anderson. Antti Ranta is a veteran backup goalie that might not get picked up day one of free agency uh, because other teams are trying to make other deals and other moves along those lines. So I don't know. Shoring up goaltending is a big thing. I don't know if they're going to make a big splash trade for a Connor Hallibuck, but they still got to figure out who's going to be in net alongside Piotr Kachekov this upcoming season. They got to figure that out 
along with signing Aho to that long-term extension? Um, really quick, uh, this just came out. I don't know okay. if it, you call this breaking news, but uh, it, it did just come out. The Panthers, the Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. have signed veteran defensive tackle Taylor Stallworth. Uh, he's previously played for the Colts, where Frank Reich was at before, uh, Saints and Chiefs. Uh, he had four and a half sacks last year. That's not like anything huge, but we were talking about the the Panthers kind of bolstering up their uh, defensive line a little bit more. This is more so in the middle. We were expecting the edges. Uh, so you wonder if this is kind of one of many, uh, or I wouldn't say many, one of a few different new signings for uh, the Carolina Panthers as they're heading into training camp. Okay, so Taylor Stallworth, uh, yeah, six-year veteran defensive tackle, like you said, played for the Colts, Chiefs, Texans, uh, amongst others, uh, on his way to Carolina. So it just it's a sounds like a nice little depth piece, a little one-year contract. You know, training camp is less than a month away, which is just wild to think about. Less than a month away from training camp. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.